I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. I was tired of hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Are you telling me you've got a time machine? Kind of a Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Monday, April 7th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of Young Adult Cancer. I'm your co-host, Matthew Zachary. I'm a proud 18-year young adult survivor of brain cancer. My fabulous co-host, Annie Goodman, off for the night in her undisclosed uh, secret bunker location with uh, Dick Cheney. We are your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer under 40? Suck, huh? Time to get physically, folks. Because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world, one chemo infusion at a time. I'm Maureen Sweet, Manager of Programs and Operations here at Stupid Cancer, welcoming all of our first-time and returning listeners on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, iHeartRadio Talk, or listening to the archives on stupidcancershow.org. I will be live tweeting throughout the broadcast at Chemodeck, so send me your questions and feedback at any time with the hashtag SBRadio. Tonight's show, the uh, kickoff of the OMG Cancer Summit pre-show extravaganza palooza apocalypse. Woo! Yes. Uh, we are featuring three extraordinary advocates from our uh, OMG exhibitor universe. We have Heather Salazar from the uh, Pink Ribbon Girls, Michael Randazza from Survivor Glam Squad, and Terry Arnold from the IBC Network Foundation and a Survivor Spotlight on our good friend, Paul Berman, who is here live in studio. Hello, Paul. Hey, Matt. It is time for now our self-ingratiating applause. What would we be without this applause? This is how we, this is our best segue oh, ever. Oh, self-indulgence. Nothing like that. This is our self-esteem yeah. in a five-second quarter. Hi, Paul. Hey, how's it going, Matt? You like to be in studio, right? It's, uh, it's much better than calling it on the phone, I would think. This is your first time in the studio, or... You've been on the show before. Second time, uh, both times I've been in studio. Uh, this is the first time since the revamp. Oh, the Reno. Yeah. 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 Nice. You like it's it? All professional looking. Yeah. It's like this is a real deal or something. You know what makes it more professional? There's no Kenny tonight. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Ginge brings it down a little. Ginge, Ginge, just, Ginge just ruins it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, He'll edit that out. <laughs> well, of course he will. This will not be made public. How dare you speak poorly of me? Yes, exactly. He's no, spreading the gospel. You can't. You can't think. Kenny's in, he's in evangelizing mode. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Two weeks. The uh, Stupid Cancer third annual Stupid Cancer Road Trip is live. It's here. It's happening. It kicked off yesterday in Boston. Fantastic. So with the Dodge Charger this year, the, the car looks awesome. The car is awesome. It's wrapped. It's amazing. Go to stupidcancerroadtrip.org anytime to check out. Yes. The route, the map, the teams, who's happening, and then uh, currently, right now, during this live show, is our New York City Super Cancer Road Trip yeah. Meetup. So if you are listening live from New York, you turn your radio off right now, or your computer, or whatever you are listening on. Listen to this later, and go to the Road Trip Meetup. Peculiar Pub. Peculiar Pub. Right now. Till like 10 o'clock tonight, right? That's yeah, right. till 10. You got two more hours. Yeah. Get up. Very nice. And then off to New Jersey tomorrow. Yes. And we have the whole list of, of meetups, which uh, then um, I'll just read them now. I mean, we'll talk about it at the news, but if right. you want to talk about it first and then we'll mention it twice, that also is great. Well, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in what you said. <laughs> Whatever you just said. Okay, good. But anyway. The newsiest yeah. news. It's just, so 
Jersey, watch up. out tomorrow. Then DC and whatnot. We're coming from the news. Anyway, it is actually um, the 12th annual National Young Adult Cancer Awareness Week. Yes, it is. Which is weird because I was always made aware of awareness that it was the first week of April. But apparently the first week of April that actually starts on a Monday. Yeah. So there's an asterisk to it. Right. The Otherwise it would be more week. like a partial week. Or yeah, the na- yeah. Young Adult Cancer half week. <laughs> the Young Adult Cancer day and a half. Yeah, right, exactly. The little one that you've yeah. been at the bottom of your calendar. This was founded by Selma Schimmel of vitaloptions.org um, back in uh, 2002. Nice. Selma is the original young adult cancer survivor. She was diagnosed in the 70s. She was treated in the 80s. The original. Yeah. <laughs> Patient zero. <Yeah. laughs> Patient zero. The outbreak of cancer comes from her. Yeah. <laughs> it's all her. No. It's her fault. No, she was a real pioneer. She had cancer like four times over the next wow. ensuing 40 years. Uh, and she is, she's still rocking it. She hosts a terrestrial radio show uh, at ASCO mm-hmm. uh, and interviews doctors and oncologists and pharma companies about pipeline drugs. Very, very exciting. Stuff. Nice. And she actually gave birth to this show. Oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah. So she owns it. She's, she, thank you, Selma. Yeah. So we can't bad mouth her then. Yeah. <laughs> we can't call her patient zero. No. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. No, but in all seriousness, like National Young Adult Cancer Awareness Week was her baby. She started it in 2002. Before I had even had anything, it was just a guy, you know, yeah. playing my piano and working in the agency world. But, yeah, it's a real big thing. I think the hashtag is N-Y-A-C-A-W. Like National, National Young Adult, Adult Cancer Awareness Week. N-Y-A-C-A-W. If you want to hashtag that this week, we'll be doing that. So be joining us. Yeah. By any yeah. I mean that five times fast. Not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> no, not going to work. Anyway, um, we have exciting news about the OMG Summit Players Club. Yes, our Players Club met its goal. It's fundraising goal of $50,000. Can I get some self-negotiated applause for the players? Club? There we go. Great job, Players Club. They have surpassed it. Last I checked, it was over 58000 um, with probably some outstanding checks and things coming our way. So and what the Players Club is? Players Club is our fundraising program um, for the OMG Summit. People can fundraise and get incentives um, from everything from reimbursed registration to travel reimbursements to really cool stupid cancer swag and benefits. And so it's, it's a great program. Um, so we're going to have a lot of people coming to Vegas for free or mad cheap because they fundraise in the Players Club. So and we are at 400 people, today. right? We're at 400 attendees for OMG, including Paul Berman right here. Yes. Attendee number 374. <laughs> not your number. Just so you know, I waited until <laughs> two days ago. I, I was worried about the number, the registration number, so I wanted to just bump that up a second. Oh, you wanted to be the Colbert bump guy. Got it over 400. That's right. You're right. the tipping point. Right. That's right. So if you wanted to be number 400, it's too late, but you can slide in at 401. 401. Convince your friends you can make it up to 500. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, that'd be impressive. So, in yeah. any case, yeah, and, and special props, shout out tonight to uh, Megan Whitman, a young adult survivor of breast cancer in treatment right now. She is an MBA student at New York School Stern, mm-hmm. and wow. each spring they host an event for 600 or so of their NYU Stern stu- grad students and post-grad students called the Spring Fling. And uh, this year, she chose us as the sole beneficiary of the Spring Fling. Oh, that's terrific. So I went with our new staff member, Mallory, mm-hmm. to this event on Saturday night yep. at uh, the Downtown Alliance, which is like on, on Pine Street. It's like a backwater little cow path that's still near like the South Street Seaport. So you don't know really, what am I doing here? But there's a little door, you knock it, you go in. It's gorgeous. It's like the, the password uh, and a bouncer, yeah. but like a half-size bouncer. Swordfish is the password, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like the Harvard Club. It's a very, like, like it, it's, it has that awesome feel to it, that total, like, club feel to it. But they had, like, 600 people come, and they're all ages. Like, grad school starts at, like, 22, but there were some early 30-somethings there that either went back to school or whatnot. Yeah, don't discriminate the early 30-something. I know, I know, I know. You're, you're one of them, right? Yeah, so. unfortunately. <laughs> well, when you hit my checkbox, then, then, then you <laughs> No, you're say. 30. You're not a 30-something yet, right? You're not a 30-something until there's like a number after it. Zero is a something. Zero is a something, yeah. It's a nothing. That's what zero is characteristically. You're a How many something. months old are you? <laughs> <laughs> this many. <laughs> I'm 30 and a half. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Paul turned 360 months today. <laughs> Wonderful. 
in any case. Actually, yeah, you have 360 months. That's what it is. Yeah. Good well, math. by now it would be 364 and change. But right. uh, yeah, you did the math well, way quicker than I did. <laughs> My brain still works. My brain still works. Yeah. So, so thank you to Megan. She raised us a whole ton of money, and we got the eye and the ear of the entire Stern School of Business now, these brilliant young MBAs uh, who are really excited about what we do. And we had our the big booth and table. We sold stuff. It was great. Really good. It's good that they're not too poor for paying that NYU tuition. <laughs> Yeah, they're the market where we go after their parents. Uh, right. Exactly. Any case, so um, I think that's it. And the countdown to OMG is two weeks. Yep. Oof. Yep, not so many weeks left. Um, but we're still excited. Yes. We're doing our final prep. Ordered the last of the Sharpies that we need. So <laughs> more Sharpies than you can imagine at OMG. Yeah, exactly. Just be, be excited. Um, and before we move on, just want to acknowledge our sponsors for yes. this episode. Yes. Uh, have some great sponsors for this episode. Uh, Walgreens, Millennium, Seattle Genetics, Lily, and Amgen. Fantastic. Bringing you the Stupid Cancer Show. Thank you. We love our sponsors. All right. Well, without further ado, let's give Paul an official welcome to the show. Paul Berman, my favorite hashtag. <laughs> is a four-year Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor, computer, <laughs> I love this, computer Android nerd, and as of a few months ago, no longer can relate to the 20-somethings in our universe since he just turned 30. He has been a staple volunteer of this organization for a very long time. Now, we are grateful for his volunteerism, and he's been serving on the OMG Steering Committee for this year, Yep, doing an amazing job. So please welcome officially on air to the Stupid Cancer Show, Mr. Dr. Reverend Paul Berman. Nice to be here, as always. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. So you've told your story the last time. So yep. tell your story again briefly. I want to talk about what it's been like for you to be involved in this community. Because I think the last time you were on, you were relatively new. You were feeling yourself out. You were still kind of dealing with the aftershock kind of stuff. Sure. So go through your uh, – talk us back through that those dark days and uh, the big reveal. Sure. So um, – so the big uh, the big event happened uh, back in 2010. I was 26. It was uh, it was months of uh, symptoms leading up to that that I didn't even realize: uh, coughing, night sweats, chills, uh, loss of appetite, and uh, finally uh, my lung collapsed from a whole ton of fluid that built up in my uh, chest cavity, and that's what finally pushed me over the edge to a doctor that uh, knew what they were talking about. Because as most people in our community have, they had the misdiagnosis. Uh, so I, I was given a uh, a neck uh, a chiropractic neck adjustment the first time, but uh, finally I got to a real doctor. Wait, I'm guessing that didn't work. No, somehow uh, my symptoms uh, persisted. <laughs> I, I can't imagine why. Um, so I went to a, a real doctor uh, after that, and uh, she luckily recognized symptoms right right away and my rapid heartbeat at that point. So six months of chemo, uh, a month of radiation uh, from my Hodgkin's bulky lymphoma. And uh, then the the healing begins. So uh, definitely for the first uh, for the first while during treatment and um, and certainly post uh, quote unquote remission, uh, you know it's it's a tough go. You have a lot to try to get used to and and readjust to in life because you know you're not feeling so great most days and some days you are, but you can't always just fake it in the rest of the world. But uh, you try to. Just go about everything as best you can. And then uh, I happened upon uh, stupid cancer just as I was getting out of um, chemo. Uh, so it was around March of 2011. And I where, heard, where were you treated? At Morristown Memorial Hospital okay. in Jersey here. So, well, not quite here. <laughs> Near there. here. Near there. here. There. Yeah. So, um, so uh, there was a social worker there who had heard of you guys and, and uh, knew that Matt did all this work with uh, young adult cancers and, and said, oh, if you ever want to reach out to someone, like Matt usually will respond back to you personally. So, um, you know, I? Uh, yeah, I think you did, actually. Okay. It took a day. But, uh, <laughs> Damn day. <laughs> How dare you? It's email. I know. No. Um, so you got, you got back to me. Yeah, I think uh, because coming up, there was, uh, uh, I think there was some sort of, oh, maybe it was October after my diagnosis. There was some sort of Halloween um, ah, there was a Halloween yeah. party in okay. 2010, and uh, you had dressed up as Fred Flintstone, I remember. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> I'm learning so much about Matt right now. Chemo brain hasn't affected me that bad. 
uh, I remember that. Time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, uh, I reached My out wife to you. came to that one too. Jess came to that. I didn't. One. I didn't meet Jess that day. I, I think of eighties dancer. Wilma? She was an eighties dancer. Oh. She didn't yeah. go with Wilma. Is what you're saying. <laughs> no. Maureen Day is shot. I was too. I was too uh, nervous about the whole, you know, reaching out for the first time thing. I couldn't. I. I didn't uh, know to meet Mrs. Uh, Matt Zachary yet. Right. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I talked to you for about all of uh, two minutes, and then you had to uh, hustle off somewhere. So, uh, but you were, you, you were more than welcoming, and and I was great talking to all the other people at the at the party. And then I I had heard in March that there was this OMG thing coming up in uh, in April, and then it was still here in New York City. Right. So I'm so like, you had just missed the one in New York, the big OMG, because you were diagnosed that summer. Well, I was diagnosed October 2010, so I, okay. ma- I made it for April of 11, oh, oh, which you is make- still here in, in New York City at the, that point. The world-famous booze cruise of Typhoon. The cruise to nowhere yeah. that almost sank the ship. Yeah, memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Kane in a, in a, a, gla- in a uh, hefty bag. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like uh, going glam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real uh, fancy shins. So what were you doing at 25 when these symptoms started, besides just being 25? Uh, I was at, I was working full time. I was doing my master's in computer science uh, part time, like once a week, and just overall trying to trying to do sports, uh, snowboarder, or gym, you know, gym uh, weightlifter enthusiast kind of kind of stuff, and then you know, a healthy eater too. I thought, and then uh, I don't know where you know, big C word. So right, then it's just like okay, well, no, no point in really being too down or too like, well, woe is me, why is this happening to me? Like I just have to now accept the cards and dealt and just be like, Well, how do I move on? How do I how do I figure out how to adjust to this? And and you know, I'm not you know, clearly this is not the end of the road for me. I have right. to I have to figure out how to fight it and how to keep going and, and uh what the next day, week, month is gonna be like for me. So it's just, you know, you hole up in the hospital bed, you start distracting yourself. You uh, for me I take I take everything with a I had to take everything with a grain of salt in order to really like get through it. And that was kind of my coping mechanism. What was the treatment? Uh, it was uh, 12 rounds of uh, ABVD chemo, and uh, then it ended up being a month after that of radiation. Uh, just since the tumor was wrapped around my heart, and it was about 10 inches. Oh, is that all? Yeah, <laughs> just a heart. Give it a hug. Yeah. <laughs> Tumor is uh, giving me some big love. Uh, <laughs> right. ten, ten inches of love around my heart. Oh my uh, God! Wow. So, uh, so yeah, they were like, "Oh, this is way too bulky. We need to. We'll, we'll probably need to do some radiation after that, just to make sure we, you know, the chemo got rid of all the uh, PET positive, uh, you know, aspects to it, and everything was benign at that point. So, so that took me through mid to end April. Wow. So four and a half years later. Yeah, so four and a half years later, it's uh, I'm I'm now. How often do you get scans now? Uh, about every every six months ish. Uh, I get the PET scan once a year and just a a, a CT scan uh, the other the other six months of the year. So uh, oncologist is pretty happy with me. He wants me coming back up until the five year mark. Is it clean so far? Yeah, so far That's so good. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it works, it works. Yeah. Very lucky. Good man. And then uh, the best part, which uh, I, I still have to get to, is that I've I've been with oh, uh, with stupid cancer ever since that OMG. Uh, well, that's cruise, the thing. So. Like we can't get rid of you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I know you try. Like you, you you purposely like change the locks on the, uh, on the stupid cancer room, and, right. and I you know I come by the office to to say what's up, and I'm like, really? Like, well, so tonight's show is about advocacy and how we help young adults go through cancer and hopefully find a home for themselves when they can't find it anywhere else, and. I'd love you to talk more about it because we have, we have the, the big reveal in the, the uh, end of your segment here <laughs> who's sitting on the couch. <laughs> but you are, this is a true success story, and I'd, I'd love to have you talk to our listeners about what it's meant to be part of a community. Sure, yeah. So, um, you know, at first when I was diagnosed uh, back in, you know, that day in October 2010, I, I you know, I, I had people and friends and family come to me and be like, well, you know, there are resources available if you want to, if you ever feel you need to talk to people and, and see what they went through, like other Hodgkin's survivors, see what they went through and, and just kind of get a sense of what you think you need to be doing or, or you know, stuff, stuff that you can learn from them so you don't make their mistakes like fertility issues or dating issues or just survivorship issues. So 
I didn't want any of that back then. And it was just, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't think I wanted to really socialize with people about it. But as a couple months went by and I went to that Halloween party uh, uh, as my first, like, you know, dip, dip my toe in the water kind of moment, and I realized it might be kind of cool to hear everyone's stories and at least have people to relate to. And that's what Stupid Cancer provided me. So ever since then, and the subsequent OMG that I went to, I realized that it's, it's kind of fun to meet new people and talk to everyone and hear everyone's stories and that, yeah, we did conquer this. It, it, it is something to be proud of and share with everyone about how we were able to get through our, our own like mountain of a, a, of a story to you know, get to where we're at in life. Right, exactly. So you've been, you, you became a very active volunteer in 2013, joining yep. the OMG 2014 steering committee. Yeah, so between... Not knowing how many emails you'd have to get from <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, I have separate filters. I don't see you every day. <laughs> uh, no, so between, between 2011 and 2013, as I started seeing how, how great it was to talk to new people and, and share my story... I realized I wanted more and more to do with with you guys, so I I tried to um, I tried to just do the uh, evangelism stuff on social media for like a little while. I start then I started with Players Club. I was raising money for you guys, even though you know I I wasn't planning on you know I, I'll I'll take the the reimbursement. Sure, I'll get out to Vegas the first year and be like, okay, great, yeah, it's Vegas. Of course, I want to do this, and yeah, yeah there's OMG too. So, <laughs> but again, I, I got more and more swept up with everything, and now I'm like, well, I really want to give back. I really love the feeling of of seeing how much we're helping uh, everyone get through it and get resources and or just talk and like vent. So I signed up to be on the steering committee to shape the OMG this year. And how's that been for you? Well, as Maureen alluded yeah. to, it's been an absolute <laughs> nightmare because yeah. uh, I. Yeah. I can't I can't sleep uh, at all. Uh, my uh, my surprise guest uh, on the couch, my fiance Elise, uh, sitting here with me, um, she will attest that uh, I I spend far too many nights on the couch working on the upcoming events for OMG and uh, not in bed. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'll issue you an apology post conference. <laughs> but that's, she's, she's counting down till May. But that, that, that's where I I get so much just so much gratitude and, and, and appreciation for what our, our brand has evolved into being able to provide people, which is you, we, we euphemistically say get busy living, but you actually did that and you yeah. are living now and you're thriving and you've you're got your job and, and yeah. you're getting married. And that, if you're okay, just talking, how'd you meet? What's going on? And, you know, cause this whole thing of, of like baggage and guilt and you know, that must've come into play for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we actually met. Uh, it's interesting. So we're both Jewish. We um, we met at a Friday night um, uh, Shabbat dinner. We we call it. There we go. <laughs> this music it's really in the background. It's, it's funny you should mention it. This is our first dance. I don't know how you knew that. It's, it's kind of crazy. And pass over next oh my God. <laughs> uh, pass over. Yeah. No. So. Uh, so we met at a uh, Friday night Shabbat dinner at a um, at a young adult uh, Jewish center that we uh, both uh, had been going to, and uh, I was the first one there. She was the second one there. We started talking, and the rest was history. And um, uh, pretty, it didn't take me too long into us dating for me to reveal um, all the history and all the cancer stuff that I had been through. And you know, at, at first, you know, everyone it's different and um, at first, I wasn't really sure when I would do it. I had no plan to say, okay, well, second day, it's time to tell her about the, you know, the whole cancer shit. Right. Um, but uh, no, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really planned. It just kind of happened spontaneously in conversation, and it just felt like the right moment. And it, she was someone who I felt, um, you know, if this could go anywhere serious, I'd want her to know now and not, you know, if, if it's going to end here, let it end here and not let me waste my time with it. But uh, she she took it really well, and you know she had questions, and I had I was more than willing to answer stuff, and and you know as as time went on, you know she she was very accepting of it. She you know thankfully was you know she realized I'm I'm doing okay, and my personality uh, more than makes up for my <laughs> my health history. So um, well done, yeah, well done, because that's clearly a major issue. We talk about how young adults are not necessarily any more special. 
than any other one, any other age group that gets sick. Yeah, of course. But we're very different. And it's very different when you're single and recovering from cancer or even single with it, living with it, you know, to how do you explain that? At what point is it okay? I, I go back to, not to make it about me, which I do anyway, but my, <laughs> my first cancer date story, I told the girl that it was my 18-month survival of brain cancer, and she broke down crying hysterically in a restaurant, uh. and everyone started staring at us. <laughs> it made me, like, I'm not going to do this again. Okay, I didn't, she just know. walked over to a piano and started playing. <laughs> exactly. They're going to stare at you anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Touche. <laughs> but this whole notion of, of um, it's hard enough to date in, in general, yeah. let alone having this lump on top well, of It's a good thing you didn't have breast cancer and you couldn't just whip off your shirt and show <laughs> that you don't have nipples. Exactly. You know, that would have that would have been interesting, too. But uh, For a guy, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're engaged now? That's right. When's the wedding? In uh, just two months from tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. June 8th. Good for you. That's right. Very happy for you. Thank you. Family's thrilled, I assume? Oh, of course. Yes? They, uh, what, what's, the, what's the Yiddish term? Shlapnachas uh, uh, or uh, something like what? that? What? I think you just made up a word. <laughs> no. Uh, they all sound the same to me. That sounds like Yiddish. <laughs> like like <laughs> mi- mishpucha? No, that's family. Okay. What is the word? Nachas? Uh, nachas, isn't it? Nachas? Nachas. <laughs> At least what's shake their head. It's like nachos with an A. So you're having nachos? If you, just, if, if you just emphasize the text then, bar, is that what you're saying? Yeah, my, you can't be wrong. My father's in the chat room, and he says Chef Nachas. Oh, thanks. So you were right. That's uh, awesome. Sort of. Chef Nachas to you. <laughs> yes, <sir>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, Big Lou in the, Thank in you, the Lou. chat room. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that's really awesome. We're very, very happy for you. Thank so, you. what has been the most uh, rewarding and/or challenging thing about becoming an advocate? Because it's easy to volunteer. But like you said, like working late at night and the, the, you don't realize the time commitments, but is it really yeah. the same as like you love what you do and it's worth it? Yeah, advocacy is definitely tough, especially depending on how involved you plan on getting. Um, and sometimes you might not be planning on getting that involved and it just it unfolds that way and, you know, uh, you keep getting sucked back in. You can't get out. So, I mean, for me, it's been fairly... I've been able to find a balance, but there's certainly a lot riding on it also in my head because, you know, there's a lot of social media involved and you want to spread the word as much as you can. And, you know, there's always something new that is worth sharing in the community and there's always new people that can be reached. So you're always trying, as an advocate, you're always trying to figure out, well, how can I reach those people? How, how can I keep up these connections that I have and make new ones without, without all my existing friends thinking I'm an asshole for constantly you know, saying, stupid cancer this, stupid cancer that. <laughs> like, yes, we get it, Paul. You've had cancer enough. <laughs> so obviously I don't want to end up in that territory either. Right, so, exactly. So it, it's, it's a tough balance. I definitely love doing this despite, you know, any kind of uh, sleep I've lost over the last few months. But um, Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> the next couple of weeks are going to be even sleepless-er. <laughs> is that a – yes, it's a word. Yes. I just said it's a it word. It's like nuchas. Sleepless. Yes. Chef, Chef nuchas. nuchas. Hey, Maureen, you earning your Jewish I really don't know time. what I'm saying. I'm going to say that to everybody, so I hope it's not offensive. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, in any case, you're sticking around for the rest of the show. If you have Absolutely. the time in any time. But uh, Paul Berman, thank you so much. Thank you. Coming up on – so this will be – it will be four years this October. Yeah, since, since what I consider my cancerversary and the date of my diagnosis. Yeah. Right, because people pick up different – yeah, it's, whatever date's more meaningful to you. Right. For me, it was uh, October 6th when I was first uh, when I first went to the doctor, and she was like, "You might have cancer." So ah, that's my day. That's your day. Yep, I got it too. Good <laughs> stuff. All right. Well, thank you again, Paul Berman. Sure. Sticking around. All right, Maureen. Let's hit up the news here. Let's do it. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.org, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Something can and probably is happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out. We've got Stupid Cancer events coming up as part of the road trip uh, tonight in New York City, tomorrow in uh, New Jersey, on the 8th in D.C., the 9th in Cleveland, the 10th in Indianapolis, the 11th in Chicago, the 12th in St. Louis, the 14th in Denver, the 15th in St. Salt Lake City, the 17th in San Francisco, the 18th in Orange yeah, County. Yeah. Get higher. In the 19th? The 19th is in Phoenix, Arizona. 
And then finally, Las Vegas. If you want to learn more about where these events are taking place, go to stupidcancerroadtrip.org. And Durham, North Carolina is having one tomorrow that is not road trip affiliated, but you should go to that one too. They're doing skydiving or something. Yes, cool exactly. Like and it is not too late still to register for the 7th Annual OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults in Las Vegas next month. This month, join hundreds of your fellow young adults, patients, survivors, caregivers, and advocates for an epic 3.5-day event that will change your life. Visit omg2014.org right now. And as always, it's a fabulous time to stock up on stupid cancer gear. Now that it's not a polar vortex anymore, we got all new Finally. products and styles to choose from. Uh, stay awesome and... Uh, Wear a hoodie, wear a scarf, wear a tee. we got amazing products for sale. Surf on over to stupidcancerstore.org and be proud. Wear Stupid Cancer. And Stupid Cancer is launching a mobile health app called Instapeer this spring, and it is going to revolutionize cancer support. It is the first platform of its kind that will do automatic peer matching for cancer patients and caregivers, and it is incredibly exciting. So go to facebook.com slash Instapeer, follow at Instapeer on Twitter, and watch our video and learn more at Instapeer.org. All righty. That is your Stupid Cancer News. We have a bevy of talent on tonight's show here. Yeah, we do. Getting excited. All right. We queue up their bio so I introduce them as embarrassingly as possible. Michael Randazzo is a board member from the charity Survivor Glam Squad, whose mission is to provide cancer survivors with esteem-building opportunities such as professional makeovers, education, and motivation. Terry Arnold was diagnosed with the right inflammatory breast cancer, IBC, in August of 2007, uh, and uh, a left contralateral tumor soon after she had six months of chemotherapy, double mastectomy, and daily radiation treatment for six weeks. She completed treatment in June 2008 and went on to found the IBC Network. And finally, Heather Salazar is the executive director of Pink Ribbon Girls, which um, is what I have here. Bring the power of Pink Ribbon Girls to the region. Breast cancer came boldly to Heather's life while caring for a young woman, Alexis, who was nearing the end of her battle with stage 4 breast cancer. Alexis passed away one year later, but two years later with her family history, Heather herself was diagnosed with breast cancer. At age 31, um, please welcome to the show Heather Salazar, Michael Randazzo, and Terry Arnold. Folks, our fabulous OMG nonprofit exhibitors. Sorry that you lost five minutes of your time because of Matt's introduction. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need shorter bios for you people. Welcome to the show. How about I live? <laughs> yes. I thought it was there beautiful. You go. It was beautiful. <laughs> All right, Michael official has the best accent in the history of the show. I have an accent? Yeah, say it again. I thought say you guys anything. did. It's good. Do we have an accent? Anyone in Randazzo. I'm from Staten Island, right? Okay. So, hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> oh. So we're really, really No, New Jersey. Have... Jersey, even better. Oh, my goodness. Paul's from Jersey. <laughs> Original. Now Florida. Also, not... our well, I'm, I'm really glad you guys are on the show. We are here to showcase the uh, 7th Annual OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults, and we could not do that more effectively or impactfully than by having our fabulous exhibitors, advocates, brand passionates here on the show tonight. So I'd love to get started and have each of you spend a few minutes talking about, again, your story, uh, the organization, what it's doing to make a difference, and how it's going to be such an awesome part of our conference. So let's, uh, let's start with Terry. Yay. Well, I'm, I can represent the South here. I'll try not to sound too funny because I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I woke up one morning and one breast was different. And I heard Paul earlier saying how he was misdiagnosed. That's what happens with women with IBC. And it tends to strike women that are young. So the doctor says, oh, it's your birth control or you just had a baby or your cute little Victoria's Secret ball scratched you. Don't worry about it. Here's some itching cream, maybe an antibiotic, and go along your way. But unfortunately, with that very first symptom, the woman is a stage three. So she doesn't have a lot of time to mess around. And also, with inflammatory, it's been viewed as rare. And a lot of times people think that rare means never, but we know rare means less likely. So my story was like many women. I was misdiagnosed and misdiagnosed and put off and blown off and told to go away. Finally, I called the scene once in one doctor's office. They actually said they were going to call security on me. 
because I said, I am in trouble, you know. And so finally I ended up with someone who knew what they were doing and not to fault the doctors. It is a less common form of cancer. And I got treated, and I actually did have an unusual outcome in the fact that I lived. And inflammatory is really, really fatal. It's viewed as the most fatal. Along the way, I met a lot of other women, very young women, in their 20s and their early 30s, and uh, they were coming to me for information. And so, like you know, Paul said earlier, how deep do you want to get into advocacy? I just kept walking, and the next thing I knew, I had to file a foundation because I wanted to fund research, and that's what I do, and I do as a volunteer. And that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. That's very, very nutshell. That is a hell of a nutshell, yes, exactly. I think so, too, actually. I'm really proud of it because it's really important to me. And I was listening to Paul earlier, and one of the things that I'm excited about is some of the things we're funding helps other forms of late-stage cancer because, you know, the first thing we funded was for polar infusion. You know, cancer will go there and other forms of cancer. So what we're doing helps other women, too, other men and women, too. It's not just, oh, people go, oh, breast cancer, yawn, you know, free boob job and tummy tucks. That's not what it is. And so, you know, what we're doing has a, a really significant impact. So I'm excited about it. Well, thanks for back. sharing. We'll get that. We'll get back to you. I'm going to hold Michael off for last because, A, we're not getting ponies tonight, which I'll explain later, and, B, I'll cut you from Jersey. So Heather Salazar. <laughs> There's no ponies. Yes. <laughs> from Pink Ribbon Girls. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. We're really excited to have you on the show tonight. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, a little about myself. Breast cancer kind of came into our lives. I was finishing college, um, got married young, so I was finishing with children, and I was in the mental health field and met a young lady that was nearing the end of her um, battle with breast cancer. She was 23 years old. My husband and I ended up adopting her child, Alexi. She is now 12. She was 10 months old at the time, and she passed away from breast cancer, and that was the first time I knew someone young could get breast cancer. So I got busy, you know, living and trying to adjust to this new baby, and a year later I did my first breast exam and found a lump, and I was diagnosed with the same kind of breast cancer as Lexi's mom. So I believe she saved my life. I didn't know, you know, like I said, you could get breast cancer at 30. Um, I was stage one, and she was obviously diagnosed with metastatic. And from that, my whole town and community came around us with lots of meals and house cleaning. And as I was going through treatment and meeting other young women, I realized they didn't have that. And so that's kind of what we started at Pink Ribbon Girls. We provide three meals a week of healthy organic food, house cleaning two times a month through the YMCA or other facilities, and transportation to treatment if you need that. So how is your how how have you uh, I see here you you've served over ten thousand meals and you've done over two thousand house cleanings that's no no small uh, number there. No no yeah we, we've grown really fast we got our um, funding through a grant out of Texas immediately um, called the Pink Well Fund and they announced this on the Ellen DeGeneres show I never in a million years thought we would get it. And it was one out of 20 nonprofit organizations. That money didn't, you know, solve all of our problems, but it gave us immediate national credibility. And from that, I was able, we were able to fund the grant right to other places. Very incredible. Very incredible. And, and is this your, remind me, is this your first year exhibiting with us? No, we exhibited last year. That's where I met Liz. Oh, even better, even better. And uh, <laughs> I assume you're just as excited to come back. <laughs> Yes, we are really excited. It was great. You guys, it was a great job. Um, I shared with Ali, my favorite thing was the passports because we got to meet all different types of cancers and everyone came to our booth and there were tons of networking opportunities and connections made through that. So that was great. Everyone loved the passport. I don't know whose idea that was, but yeah. it was a really good, really good idea. Allie's idea. Shout out Ali Ward, VP of Peru. Yes, Allie's idea. That's right. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> No, we have to say nice to her because she's in the chat room, so. <laughs> we'll say anything. All right. <laughs> All right, Jerry, you're, you're up. Here. Michael Mandazzo, board member from Survivor Glam Squad. I love the name. Yes, I love I the am. mission. Yes, let's talk about that. Well, we're a 501c3 organization, so feel free, everybody, to send us money. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> we travel all over the country and in England. And we do makeovers for cancer survivors. 
We do um, hair, makeup, and photo shoots. We don't do any medical research. We don't get involved in that. We just take care of people and help them feel better about themselves after going through what they go through with cancer. I have been lucky. I don't have cancer. I have known many, many people with it. My nephew at 18 had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Keely Webster asked me to help her out about a year ago, and I went to my first makeover and fell in love with this thing because I heard a woman look at another woman. They were having a conversation, and they said, well, I lost my eyebrows first. And the other one said, I lost my eyelashes first. Those are the only two people I could have that conversation. I couldn't talk to them about that. And if it wasn't for that event, they might not have met. Um, Another event we just did recently in Palm Harbor near Tampa Bay, uh, there were two women that came that were sisters. There were five women, five daughters in the family. Three of the five daughters got cancer. One didn't make it. These two women were devastated when they showed up. They actually were ready to walk out because they didn't want to have this enjoyable experience without their sister who didn't make it. Um, and they stayed, and they went through the makeover. And I, it was very hard for me not to cry while I was taking the pictures of these two women hugging each other and smiling and looking happy after their makeover. And this is what we do. We try to get designers involved uh, with clothing for the photo shoots, we bring in professional photographers, sometimes videographers, and uh, we document everything. And it is just a wonderful thing to bring these women together and have them experience a good day because you don't get a lot of those when you're suffering from cancer. So that's what we do. Yeah, I, and I, I love the candor on that, too. It's, it's, it's such a very different conversation, and we're all in the same boat here. When you're not specifically dedicated to the word cure and you're not specifically all about funding research in labs and, and lab coats we're about you know large, by and large the quality of life and how to make it a, a euphemistic say to suck a little less uh, than, than they possibly could <laughs> kind of you know and that's that's kind of our goal at this point to make it suck a tiny bit less um, Which is also important because not all you know doctors don't necessarily know about keeping our quality of life high. They just care about us surviving, and exactly. you know, hopefully some you know some more than others. But so now, yeah, but now there's corollary. There's actual science now that says the quality of your life can extend the quantity of your life. So it's not just nice to say we're making it suck a little less. We're actually helping to be part of cure. So and what's case, really amazing uh, is. These, you know, family can have sympathy. Friends can have sympathy. They can help out. They can make a meal. They can come and visit you. But only somebody else with cancer or who's gone through the cancer or the treatment can empathize with a person who's gone through cancer treatment. And we're, we're bringing these women together who may not normally get together, you know, and, and I think that's what our main goal is, to bring them together and, and show them that you're not alone in this. You're, you have mm-hmm. other people that understand. And I, and I just, that's why I do it. I'm sold. I can't, that's why I'm on the board of directors, because I want to keep this going at whatever cost it takes. I want to do it. And speaking of cost, I hope you don't mind if I plug a few people that help us. Do you mind if of I course. do that? By all means. Go ahead. Uh, our biggest uh, benefactor is Peter Coppola. Uh, Peter Coppola. Uh, Peter Coppola dot com is his website. He's created a keratin treatment. I've met this man. He's a wonderful man, and he donates regularly to Survivor Glam Squad. Unique Photo is donating specifically for the Las Vegas event. He's donating gift cards. So any men that come for a makeover with us. Uh, they will walk away with a gift card to his photography uh, store in New Jersey that they can use online. Um, Also, the big surprise is not a pony. If you're in the chat room, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, I have a very good friend in Las Vegas, uh, Darren Romeo, the voice of of magic. He's a magician I've known since he was a kid. He works very closely with uh, Siegfried and Roy, who manage him. Siegfried has agreed to donate 
complimentary tickets to cancer survivors at the event who get makeovers with us for a visit to the Secret Garden at the MGM Grand. And if all works out, wow. Saturday, we're hoping Siegfried is actually going to take the cancer survivors on a tour of the Magic Garden at the MGM Grand. And uh, it'll be a wonderful day. It'll, it'll be a wonderful few hours of uh, checking that out. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a beautiful place. And Darren is a great guy. I also want to mention Kiss USA, which is donating eyelashes for all the makeovers we're doing. Um, and we're going to be there. We're going to be taking pictures, and we're going to be doing makeovers right in the lobby of the Palms Casino Resort Hotel. And Keely Webster, the founder of the organization, will be there, and she's look, really looking forward to it. We are psyched. We want this to be big, and we want to do a lot of makeovers. So look for us. We're right in the lobby. Everybody's got to walk past us to get in. So <laughs> it'll be great. It's good you say to do makeovers for guys. I'm about like a facial and $600 million away from being Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh, we wanted we'll to turn the best. question back to I can't Terry. promise you anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a quick question, Terry. Um, there was a, yeah. a, a clarification question out of our chat room. Um, you mentioned that IBC is first diagnosed at stage three or starts at stage three. Um, and there was a question as to, like, do stage one and two exist? Like, how, what, what exactly is the, if you just clarify, is it just when it becomes symptomatic or what is the significance of stage three? The researchers don't know what stage one or stage two look like, and that's something that mm -hmm. I would love to see happen. What we know is that this 200-year-old form of cancer, it, it's been written about for 200 years, it, it presents with skin changes. And at that point, the woman's at stage three. And what's really frustrating about it, and I'm very happy for women who get early-stage diagnosis. Clearly, Heather's life is spared because of early-stage diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Inflammatory doesn't make a lump. It, uh, it's webbing and diffused like cotton candy most of the time. It can sometimes have a lump, but that's not common. So what happens is if you, even if you're getting your yearly mammograms, you can have a mammogram mm -hmm. and be totally clear it shoots through like cotton candy. It just doesn't hit anything. Right. And, and so it's a skin presentation and things that don't tend to look threatening. So, yes, at the very first diagnosis, even with proper, you know, adequate exams, the woman's a stage three. Mm -hmm. And it's a very fast-growing cancer. And so this, this the time from stage three to four is quick. And I love that Heather's doing what she's doing. I can't wait to meet all you guys because... Heather, we get a lot of support out of, out of Ohio, and you get support out of Texas. We've got to talk. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and we're bringing, we're having an IBC meetup in London, and I heard the, the Glam Squad say they do makeovers. Those women would love to do that. And we run also multiple support groups online because women don't meet other women with this, and, and their mm -hmm. friends don't know. They say, what do you mean you have to go through a mastectomy at 24? What do you mean you can't have reconstruction? What do you mean... And it's a, a, a tough road to be on. But there are women like me. I'm seven years, no reoccurrence, Knockwood. And I wow. want to be more. And, uh, you know, I've definitely blown the curve of survivorship. And, uh, and I'm well. And I really devote my time to this because of that's my way of paying it back. And I get you guys about the quality of life. I mean, if you don't have hope, you don't mm -hmm. feel good about yourself, you don't feel attractive, you don't feel your life has value, it's really hard to get out of bed every day. And so we do a lot of things to, to cover all those bases. But, yes, stage three is earliest, earliest diagnosis possibility. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, so turning things back to OMG, um, Heather and Terry, you will both be in our exhibit hall. Um, so Whoop. what yep. – uh, Terry, is this the first time? It is my first time. I can't wait. You know, you know what the qualifying factor yeah, so for me? I'm wondering what you're looking my, forward my, to. My 14-year-old son, who's, you know, there's nothing worse than having a mom with cancer, let alone a mom. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want a mom at all when you're 14. you got a bald one with no boobs <laughs> at 14. Right. And I told him about OMG, and he was like, oh, give me a shirt. I love that place. <laughs> he said, they're talking real. <laughs> He's talking real. We've got the verification of the majors because we're talking real. That's what I needed. They're talking real. He goes, I can't imagine what it would be like to be someone young, not having a 401K, not having a steady work, not having a stable relationship, all those things that older people have. He said, now you're talking real. You've got to go to that. 
I'm a wise child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so what are you two looking forward to most about, about being in our exhibit hall and at our conference? Well, I love meeting the people. I love meeting the people with all different types of cancers, and we've just formed relationships that we've kept in contact with the whole year. And I also um, love networking with the other exhibitors, and I like the way that it's set up this year, just to network more with other exhibitors as well. Mm-hmm. I love that, too, because, like, I, when Heather mentioned she's getting some more out of Texas, I can think of things I want to share with her. And, and, you know, people don't think, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I enjoy meeting people with cancer. I wish somebody had cancer. Right. But if you've got cancer and I can do something to help you, I want to meet you. I want to be with you. I want to go on those appointments. I want to, to try to share some of my experience. If I can lighten your load and, right. and have that camaraderie is huge. Right, absolutely. So I guess question for all three of you then, um, what like, like what initially brought you to, so, well, I mean, Terry, you answered this a little bit, like what brought you to OMG and to stupid cancer in the first place? Like what, what was the initial draw for you? For me, it was just, I was going to come the year before and I, I saw it at the last minute and couldn't come and Pink Ribbon Girls was really just getting started as far as serving meals. And so for me, it was just being with so many people young that had had cancer, I didn't care what kind, networking in a different way. And many people in there, you know, we were all in the same boat, like like Matt said, to make it a little less sucky. And, you know, a lot of us were just trying to raise our kids and be there for our spouses and things like that. And then that community is just something that you can't describe. Right, absolutely. And, uh, and Michael, what's, what, what brought uh, Lamb Squad this year? Because this is your first time coming Well, we team. just, we look for opportunities at every uh, turn to bring our message out and to work with cancer survivors. Um, we go to, we go everywhere we can. Keely Webster works tirelessly every single day for zero pay, and uh, looks up and finds ways to uh, get involved. And uh, that's why we're here. And we we are so looking forward to this. This is going to be a big deal. This is wonderful. I know, I so can't in wait. Terms of, oh, go ahead. You no, but just what you said, you know, you're looking at young people because, like, so often, especially in the breast cancer world, we're getting a little pink weary, shall we say, and sometimes it seems yeah. a little fluffy mm-hmm. and tutu-y and all that, and almost like I should apologize that I've had breast cancer, but that's the kind I had. Triple negative IBC to boot, like, who that pissed off in the past life, you know, and, you know, I had, I had both. And so then people say, oh, but you get the free boob job and the tummy tuck and it's all well. And I'm thinking, you know, I just went to a funeral of a 20-year-old. That's not funny. And, you mm-hmm. know, I want – and so when I look at the needs of, of, of somebody in a younger place in life, and if I can be at this conference and support that and, and bring some – I don't want to bring necessarily, you know, all dire, but let's have some real conversation about what people really need and and how we can make that better because like you said, right. we can definitely make it less sucky. Definitely do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I go we'll back to my um, yes, I, I go back to this notion of of how the general public is continually fed like dying pet commercials about cancer, and mm-hmm. that that's kind of what they have come to expect in the nonprofit world. But then you get like these upstart advocate groups that are doing these quality of life initiatives where it's not about dying, it's about living, and it, it kind of throws them for a loop. So I was wondering, as non-profiteers, uh, you would each be willing to comment on your experience trying to break through that in terms of how you're not about dying pets commercials and you're about thriving people just trying to do their best um, and, and how that's been for your brands to grow. So why don't we start with, uh, with, uh, with Heather because it, why not? Alphabetical. <laughs> Thanks. Um, one thing that I think that we at Pink Ribbon Girls try to do is we, like, um, like the, they said, we don't really do research, but we, we provide meals and things that are just help them function through the thing. We try to be there for them. You know, I hate it. I, I met with a girl today that I went to her first um, her first meeting after a lumpectomy with a surgeon, and she's like, I, I get so sick of people saying, it's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Because, you know, we really don't know. We've all had stage one people that have reoccurred, and 
so we just try to be there and say, like, look, we don't know, but we've walked in your shoes, and we want to try to help you when you're well enough to be with your family. You know, you don't have to cook. We have the Molly Maids coming in two times a month, and just try to be with the people that are important to you. Michael, you want to pick that up? Sure. We do, um, we do the makeovers for the specific reason of helping women today. They're, they've gone through these terrible uh, treatments and stuff and lost their hair and lost their eyebrows. and it, It's almost like I had uh, in New York, we did a makeover, and one of the survivors in New York said she had lost her femininity. And after the makeover, she said she was back. And she's changed her life, and she's gone on to move to Seattle, Washington. She's a school teacher, and she's doing fantastic. It, it was almost like a page turning in her life that, okay, I'm done with the cancer now. I'm, I'm healthy. I can, I can live again. And she, thank God she's cancer-free still. And, uh, I really, and it was a really um, rare form of cancer that she had. I, I can't tell you the feelings that we get when we do this. We do try to educate people in um, cancer prevention. Uh, we try to uh, bring in healthy products to our makeovers and stuff, like uh, we have a sponsor, Bio Coffee, which is a uh, non-acidic coffee. It's alkaline. It's delicious. I've been drinking it ever since I got some. Um, I'm not advertising yeah. for them. I'm just saying this is one of the things that we do. <laughs> and we touch base with all these people and, and try to help them out. And it's just a wonderful thing. I, I, I can't express the feeling I get. I get more out of this than I put into it, I can tell you that much. And I don't feel sympathy. I don't feel pity. I feel empowerment for these women. I feel like they're moving on. And men, too. Now that we're starting to do things for men... You need to move on after you've gone through this. You need help. You need support. You need um, – I'm not a scientist. I, I'm just a person that's wanting to help and be there. And our, our charity, believe it or not, it's four people on the board of directors. That's it. And we don't really have a lot of money. Um, we try to do this on a shoestring budget. We're cognizant of every penny that comes in that people work hard for their money, and we don't want to waste it. So we only use it for events and, and meaningful uh, purposes in our makeovers that we do. And where we go, we try to do it as economically as possible. And we also have ambassadors now all over the country that are doing these makeovers with our guidance. And anyone who wants to have a makeover that's coming to this event, we are so psyched. Please go to our website, survivorglamsquad.org or makingovercancer.org and you can sign up for a free makeover and we'll get you on the list. Well, Michael, I hope you well, can make me over when Harry, I'm yes. <laughs> I, hope Michael yeah. I can't. I'm a photographer. But, and, well, can, and sorry can, to say, can... scheduling is not going to have me in Las Vegas. Everybody oh, else I'm from sorry. the organization is going to be there, but not me. Well, I'll see if I can sign by somebody. That I get... I personally, as someone who's had cancer, I appreciate you both so much because, Heather, when I was going through treatment, I spent my grocery money to pay my co-pays. If people had me bringing mm. food, I don't know how. We're, we're not rich people. We're ordinary people. But we, you know, mm-hmm. we have good insurance. We have good savings. But still, when you're driving hundreds of miles a week, going to the hospital every single day, and you're paying seven co-pays sometimes in one day, you spent your grocery money. And people were bringing me food and, and taking care of me the whole year I was in treatment. And, and then, Michael, the return to looking like yourself. I saw a picture of myself the other day, one year to the day before my diagnosis. I, I would have never recognized myself. I looked so different after treatment. And to kind of try right. to recognize yourself and feel who you are and to think you can be pretty again or even pretty to yourself is so important. And so you guys are offering a, a tremendous service. And, and you mentioned earlier, you know, Matthew, about how do you sell yourself in the in the corporate world. When, when people find out that I don't draw a salary, we have only a board of four. We're all volunteers. I don't draw a salary, and I put it, I put into this like a full-time job. I treat it like a full-time job. And we get our money 25 bucks a time. We don't have big grants. And, and we gather that up. We put $155,000 into research in a year. And that's not a ton of money for the research world, but it's a, more than anybody else. 
and that's overall, impressive. well, I think it is because you know what? It's twenty five bucks a ton, and and uh, my family makes a lot of sacrifices for me to do this. When I told my husband I don't want to go back to work, I was in business. I owned a bookstore that sold just before I was diagnosed, and I told my husband I don't want to go back into business. I want to do this. And he said, I have one rule. you got to be a volunteer. If you're begging for money from people, then I want you to show them that you're sacrificing too. And I said, sold. And that's how we do it. And, and, and it is, people expect, sometimes they think I'm going to pull up in a fancy car, I've got some big fancy salary, and I tell them I'm, I'm doing this as a volunteer. It makes them trust me. And I'm grateful to be in the position I am, you know, to be able to do that. Because i got a hard-working husband. By the way, he works at a power plant. We're ordinary folk. Just doing well, again, I'm, I have no doubt that our attendees, our hundreds of attendees at this conference, will love to have you guys there to experience what you have to offer. And, and honestly, it's, it's kind of like the marketplace. We, we, not the Obama marketplace, like a marketplace. This one works. <laughs> yeah, this one works. <laughs> but a lot, my, whole, my whole philosophy in all of this is that no one should go unaware of resources. And it's so difficult. It was difficult before Google, and it's even more difficult now with Google. Because now there's too many things oh. to know about. There's a lot of things I wouldn't have found without stupid cancer. I'm not just saying that because I'm involved with you guys now. Like that's right. one of the reasons I am involved with you guys. Right. Like there's so I much agree. I learned from But it just makes me very proud that we can offer a national conference like this that gives exposure to nonprofits doing amazing work to you know the, not just the hundreds of people that are there, but the millions of people who visit the website and visit all of exactly. our social and hear about all of us on the radio show. This is this is the imperative of our, our generation about how do we sift through the flower and know what's real. So I wanted to give each of you another minute uh, just to basically let us know once more uh, if you have a Twitter handle and what the website is and how people can spe- specifically help. And you know, to if they give you a big hug in Vegas, they get a, a I don't know a rubber band or something. Love it. Well, uh, yes, our Twitter handle is Pink Ribbon Girls, and we ordered um, T-shirts to the first 100 people that come to our exhibit. Plus, we give away bracelets, but we give away those everywhere. (laughs) Well, the IDC network, we use uh, Talk IDC a lot. Our Twitter handle is Talk IDC, and we use, you know, all the social media, Pinterest, Instagram, all that, and we hope people go on our Facebook page and like it because it gets a lot of activity out. We do not pester people uh, for money. If you sign up on our newsletter, what you're going to hear is, hey, we did something cool. We hope you like it. Uh, we're not going to bomb you with begging for money. And we figure you care. You do, you have to do what you can. And, um, and we will be giving away pink robes, really nice spa robes that somebody donated to us at the conference. Maybe they'll look through the makeover pictures. Awesome. <laughs> you're more than welcome to come for a makeover. We are uh, makingovercancer.org or survivorglamsquad.org. We are also on Facebook, survivorglamsquad-inc. You can find us there. Just do a search on Facebook. We have a we- on our website, if anybody cares to donate, there's a PayPal button that they can go to, and whatever your heart finds you can do, we would greatly appreciate it because the more money we get, the more people we can help. And uh, do come and see us in Vegas. You have to walk past us to get in, so you gotta you you, you have to come and get a makeover. A little hair, a little lashes, you know, somebody there to take your picture, and you'll get a beautiful picture in the end that you can download off the internet for yourself, free of charge, no cost to anybody. Well, I thank you guys so much for taking the time to be on the show tonight. We've been speaking with Heather Salazar, Executive Director of Pink Ribbon Girls, Michael Randazzo, board, a board member for Survivor Glam Squad, and Terry Arnold, who's the founder of the IBC Network Foundation. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you guys in Las Vegas in a little over two weeks. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matthew and Maureen. Great. All right. See you later. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, that was a good show. That was a great was show. Fun. I'm getting really excited for Las Vegas. Wow, April 24th? Yeah, geez. Something's happening oh my in Las Vegas. Oof. Yeah. 
Yeah. Crazy stuff. No, we have great exhibitors. There's like, what, 40 of them or so? Yeah, More? 45, 46 or so. Yeah, there's... We've been trying to expand the room to get uh, as many of them in as possible. Yeah, we're actually going to blow out the walls of the <laughs> um, And some people will be exhibiting on roulette tables. Yes. This just in. 47, <laughs> Ali Ward has corrected me. 47, 47 exhibitors. 47 exhibitors. Yes. That's going to be extraordinary. Really, yeah. really amazing. Really stuff. excited. I don't know how I'm going to make it to all their tables. <laughs> I will get my schedule. Well, we're time doing work into the schedule. Well, we're doing the passport again, right? Yeah, oh, we're yeah. doing the passport. We have two uh, networking receptions happening Friday night and Saturday night. We will yep. be able to eat delicious food, meet our exhibitors, meet people. It's going to be we'll probably get some rubber ducks. Apparently, that's the thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, parent ducks. So, uh, so yeah, check those out Friday and Saturday evenings. All righty. Well, with that. I will end our segment, end our show. Paul Berman, looking good. Thank you so much. Thank you, MZ. Engagement looks good on you. <laughs> Does it? Yes. Fantastic. Good. All right. It only lasts a couple more yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all over. Let's see how the wedding looks on there. <laughs> All right, now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks, that's our show, episode number 303. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. We'd like to thank our guest, Paul Berman. Heather Salazar from Pink Ribbon Girls, Michael Randazza from Survivor Glam Squad, and Terry Arnold from the IBC Network Foundation. Next week's show, continuing our theme, profiling caregivers who are speaking at the OMG Cancer Summit. Join us as we celebrate by welcoming rock star cancer caregivers Dan Crail and Jana Martin. We'll be discussing the complexities and nuances of what it takes to get busy living as a primary caregiver to a young adult with cancer, survivor spotlight on Jared Sweat. Subscribe to our show anytime for free on iHeartRadio Talk, iTunes, Podcast, and Blog Talk Radio. Check us out anytime online at stupidcancer.org and stupidcancer.org. Remember, folks, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck on behalf of Andy Goodman, Kenny Kane, Maureen Sweet, Ali Ward, myself, and our whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. Good night, folks.